This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. In a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint, johnnysmartpoint.com. We'll see what's going on in this wild real estate market. Got some good stats for you. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh unveiled a plan on Thursday to cool down Canada's red-hot housing market, especially in Toronto and here in Vancouver, in an election campaign-style promise. Singh said the NDP would bring in a hefty home buyer's tax and massive investment in housing. He said that would include pouring $14 billion into housing construction to help build a half million new units over the next four years. The promise was made partly to outshine the Liberals, who promised just $2.4 billion in last month's federal budget. Here in Metro Vancouver, we've had the foreign buyer's tax since 2016. It's now at 20%. It cooled prices off here for a while, but obviously hasn't done much to slow down the stratospheric rise in prices we've seen in the past couple of years. It's going to get harder to park around Kitts Beach near Cornwall, but that's good news for cyclists. In order to make a new separated bike path, the Vancouver Park Board is now closing 50 parking stalls in the parking lot near the tennis court at Kitts Beach. 200 spaces will remain open. A number of dirt paths will also be upgraded to make it easier for people on bikes. Bicycle travel in that area of Kits is really increasing. In 2019, they recorded a half million cycling trips there. Last year, it was around three quarters of a million. And you ever wonder what happens to your car when you leave it for service at a dealership overnight? Hopefully not this. Frank Staddy from Milton, Ontario, left his Altima at his local Nissan dealer to get the backup camera repaired. That night, when he was at home, he was looking at a monitoring app on his phone that tracked the movement of the car. It was put in by his insurance company so they could see his driving habits and possibly give him a break on insurance to see if he drives slow and how far he goes, etc. As he was looking at the app, he noticed that the car he had left overnight for repair was 90 kilometers away from the dealership and that it had been driven well over the speed limit for most of the trip, up to 148 k's at one point. He figured it had been stolen, so he called the cops. Turned out one of the mechanics had taken it home, which is not uncommon, actually, especially when they're trying to figure out a problem with the car. They say they had his permission to take it home. The dealership actually threatened to call the cops on him when he confronted them the next day, saying he was illegally tracking their employee who had permission to drive the car, despite the fact that it was a 200K round trip. Staddy also says they never replaced the gas, and Nissan still maintains they had every right to take the car out. And by the way, the backup camera still isn't working. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up, we're going to talk real estate, guiding us through the opportunities out there in the world of real estate in this very interesting market will be John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. Time to talk real estate. 
with our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as johnnysmartpoint.com. That's his website, johnnysmartpoint.com. We'll tell you all about uh, about what's going on on that website in a second. There's some new listings. It's uh, kind of interesting. Uh, but first of all, uh, hi, John. How are you? Hey, Martin. Great to be back again. I'm I'm doing fine, and hopefully uh, all the listeners out there are, are also doing good. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to start with a headline, which I think is kind of funny. What do you think of this headline? Greater Vancouver home sales up a stunning 342.6% in April as housing market shows early signs of cooling. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of weird. On one hand, it's this astronomical climb. On the other hand, people are saying it's cooling. So I guess we need to kind of dissect what's going on. But basically, uh, April to April, like April 2020, or 2021, how do you say that? 2021 uh, versus 2020 uh, is obviously a big difference from last year, right? Yeah, and you know, it's it's... I think this would be a great opportunity, this program, to, to spend a lot of time talking about what is actually happening in the local real estate market right now because people see national statistics, they see local statistics, and, and this is a local statistic you're bringing up. Uh, but, you, you, you know, uh, sometimes uh, these headlines are, are a little sensational and, it, and you have to really get behind what, what the true meaning is. So, uh, you know, it's interesting that you brought up the April 2021 uh, Greater Vancouver sales of the Fraser Valley's, you know, following suit to a large degree, but very similar. Uh, you know, in 2021, the sales are what, up 342% over last year. Okay. Well, let's remember April last year. Um, I remember <laughs> thinking, Joe, boy, am I ever going to work again? It's like yeah. walking down a ghost town in one of those, you know, th- those Western movies with the, with the COVID just starting. So yes, when you look at April this year compared to last year, it's obviously uh, much, much better. But then you look at the second part of that headline, it says the market is cooling. So, you know, what, what really is the truth? Um, and what is really happening out there? That's, the, probably the number one question that I'm getting right now from people who have been talking about selling or thinking about selling, they're kind of saying, hey, John, you know, have, have we missed the market or is the market still climbing? And, uh, you know, I think that we should probably talk about that today within the context of this very, very simple context that everybody can understand. A supply and demand business, uh, that's what we're in in real estate. And when you look at uh, when COVID happened, the supply side took a great big hit, but the demand side didn't. In fact, the demand side started to grow. And, you know, these dynamics play their way through the market and it kind of leads us to, you know, situations we've seen and to a situation where we're at today. So kind of a long way of getting to the answer of your question. Yes, the market's up 340% or something like that over last year at this time. Yes, we're coming off record sale months. But here's something that you don't see, and maybe it doesn't sell as many uh, newspapers, but the every month this year in 2021, January now through April, and we're into May, has also set records for the numbers of new listings on the market. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll take a break from, from talking and let you address this now because I've gone on a little bit long. But let's keep talking about this because we had a big pent up demand in the real estate industry partially because of covid and the low interest rates and the changing dynamics in terms of where people wanted to live and all that sort of thing but you know i'm finding that we're starting to return to a more traditional uh market in terms of that pent up demand if you know if we've, if we've had record sales over the last three months those buyers are now out of the game and we're starting to work our way through that pent up demand on the other side of the equation the supply side is starting to increase and it has been so one of the things I think listeners might want to take away from this show is that if you're a seller now, 
prices are still strong. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, uh, price drops happening in the near future that I can see. In fact, things statistically are still probably pointing upwards in pricing. But your strategy is probably going to be a little bit different today if you're going to hit the market in May than if you were on the market in, say, February or March. So, you know, maybe we could uh, pause there and continue to unpack. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's important that uh, we talk about the whole idea of supply and demand because uh, a lot of people wanted to buy property, but there was just nothing to buy. And that creates a lot of different weird dynamics in the market, which are not always good. I mean, they're great if you're selling and you don't have anywhere to go. But if you are selling with the idea of buying another property because you do need to live somewhere, um, that causes a real problem for people. People. So I think you you, so, you see this as as a good thing that supply and demand are starting to to get a little more equal. This is a healthy thing, right? I think it is for the market, the long term health. I mean, you you can't go on a tear like we've seen the last few months forever. Um, it, it just it's it's not possible. When you look at at people entering the market, they've got their needs and wants, right? And and one of the big things on that list is affordability. I mean, we, we all only have so much uh, credit or money in the bank. And when prices get to a certain point, it, it you know, you do price people out of the market or force them to make changes in terms of the locations they want to live uh, or the type of properties they want to buy. And as you mentioned, when, you know, when people are a bit afraid to get in the market because they don't want to be a buyer in this crazy market, well, that also creates a bit of a log jam because it blocks up supply a bit. And so I think overall for the health of the real estate industry, you know, it, it is good that things relax. And I think most people would, would welcome that. And again, I want to be clear, the market is still very healthy. Um, but uh, maybe, well, not maybe, I think it's pretty clear now that some, uh, not all, but some of the hyper crazy activity that we saw in terms of, you know, some, what was that one place that sold 400000 over list price that we talked about a month or two ago. Some of that seems to be subsiding a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe without getting into too much detail, being being on the listing side a lot, representing sellers, you know, I get maybe five or six uh, offers on a listing uh, last month, let's say, and a couple of those agents are calling me saying, hey, John, you know, make sure you look at our offer. It's clean. It's subject free. If we're not the highest number, give us a chance to bid again. My clients have lost on the last four or five offer presentations. And, and when you see a prolonged period of buyers getting frustrated, uh, you, you know, some of them, some of them will drop out of the game, but those that remain will will get more and more competitive. And so, as a result, as a listing agent, sometimes I'd have five offers, and and one of them would just be head and shoulders above all the rest because that buyer had maybe been through the ringer, and we're we're ready to just do what was necessary. So when things when you have that for a long period of time going on, you do see some results that seem a little anomalous and and maybe head scratching. And that's what I'm suggesting might be coming out of the market to some degree now. Now, again, every segment's different. Detached housing, I think they've pretty much found their price point. You know, things climbed, boy, huge percentages each month over the last few months in most markets for detached housing. And I see that starting to level off. The the affordable townhouse segment, on the other hand, is still, you know, very much in high demand and low supply inventory. Condos are kind of, um, you know, they're doing fine. But I think one of the factors that's hurt condos is that, you know, the borders being closed and immigration slowing down. They're big, you know, fuel for the, you know, the first time buyer market and the condo market. So perhaps when uh, when those borders open up again, that condo market will take off. But overall, a good, healthy market. And I, I see signs all over and talking to other agents that I'm working with that, you know, maybe 
maybe buyers are getting a little bit of buyer fatigue. Uh, you know, maybe they, they're not interested. You know, if I'm a buyer right now and I re- or I needed to buy in February and there was absolutely nothing out there and prices were going up 5% a month, yeah, I'd probably throw my whole wallet at the house that I loved and, and tie it up. Um, but now, you know, if I'm a buyer, I'm probably thinking, hey, you know, if I get the right deal, I'm ready to go. I know it's a competitive market. But on the other hand, if I don't or if I lose out in an offer situation, you know what, there's another new listing coming up. In fact, you know, I, I've seen a couple listings that have been on the market for a week or two. So I, th- I think that buyers are starting to feel a little bit more relaxed. They don't have the gun to their head so much, so to speak. And um, I think that that's good for the market so people can make good decisions. Again, having said that, sellers are still in the driver's seat and getting good prices. Yeah, I think you you said a mouthful right there. We're talking to John Carlson. Uh, JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website for John. You can give him a call at 604-612-0080. And uh, like you said, uh, it's kind of a, it's, it's sort of a, a smart point, you might even say. it's We're getting to the point where there are things to buy. There is supply out there, but the price are still strong. So if you're kind of on the fence, if you're thinking uh, of selling your house, maybe you're downsizing or maybe you're upsizing, but you still need to find somewhere else to live and you're hearing these stories about uh, bidding wars and all these crazy things, things are starting to come down to earth, but it's still a good time because uh, prices are very strong. And that headline I was talking about, the 342.6% home sales up, in April, that was April last year to April this year. Uh, also, compared to March, sales actually fell 14% and bidding wars subsided. Um, so yes. it might be a good time. So so this, this could be kind of a sweet spot for people who are looking to sell. So maybe a good time to go to johnnysmartpoint.com, hey? I, it couldn't hurt, and people can call me anytime. But to address that point, yeah, I think that if I'm, uh, you know, uh, a homeowner... I maybe uh, have a family and I'm looking at uh, going from a smaller home to a bigger home. I can finally have enough confidence to know, hey, wait, I can sell my house and I can get a good price for it. And I've got a good chance of finding what I want without, you know, having to go through the ringer as a buyer. So I think that maybe we're getting a little closer. I wouldn't call it a Goldilocks market yet. It's still very much in favor of sellers. But again, the trend, as you mentioned, the sales a little bit down in April compared to March, uh, which was an all time record. And the listings are up as well. So it seems that that trend is, is going to hold for a little while. And we're going to have, again, a little bit more of a traditional spring. Listings come up. Good ones will sell quickly. Those that are not good will have to make sure they're, you know, they're priced accordingly to get action in the market. And now more than ever, I think having a professional that understands what's happening right now in the market and give you good advice in terms of pricing and strategy is going to be key to you maximizing uh, the sale of your home. Mm-hmm. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website to talk to John Carlson or the old-fashioned way. Pick up the phone, 604-612-0080. And uh, you, you study the, mar- the lower mainland market. Um, you, you kind of spend months and months looking at the different pockets because it's easy to say, oh, home sales are up in greater Vancouver. But you actually like to sort of pinpoint the different areas. So what are you seeing in terms of like what, what, what's happening in, in the, the sort of the localized areas? Anything interesting? 
Well, yeah, and I, you know, statistics are interesting, and everybody wants to look at them, but it, it helps to have um, a little bit of a deep understanding, a deeper understanding than just a surface understanding of these statistics. And uh, you know, one of the one of the trends, that, you know, that I I notice is, you know, I do a lot of evaluations for people. Hey, John, what would my house sell for today if I were to list it? And so, you know, I I like to make sure I'm on top of most of these neighborhoods and, and have information and. One of the effects that we've seen is, you know, what I call the spillover effect. Uh, maybe you grew up in Burnaby. You'd love to buy there, but you're looking for a house and suddenly, wow, prices are a bit high. So next thing you know, you're looking at Coquitlam or maybe Maple Ridge or maybe Mission and or maybe Vancouver Island or maybe the interior. So what I find is, you know, looking at some of these markets is some of them seem to hit price ranges where it's hard to push it much harder. So, you know, that's why I said earlier, I think that a lot of the detached housing market has kind of found its pricing for a while there. It was wild West, like, Hey, what's going to happen? Well, we've had some sales and we've had some, you know, now things are relaxing and we have some, uh, you know, uh, information to go on about previous sales. And I think the buyers are starting to get a feel for that market. But once you get up to a certain price point, I found when I'm looking at say Coquitlam, in general for detached housing, and maybe a sub area of Coquitlam, like Ranch Park, for instance, there was a 10% difference in terms of the general average HPI prices, home price index in these areas. But as the market carried through January, February, March, and then April, that gap shrunk. And what that says to me is, you know, people have a certain amount of money they can spend. And once they get over that point, they don't keep driving their local market higher and higher and higher. They move to a different market. Right. And they start to graze in that field. And, and we're finding, over the last few months, that's why some of these outlying areas have just gone crazy. But now I'm finding those areas start to also be kind of finding their equilibrium. So again, seems like the market's balancing out a little bit. I could talk about it all day. Um, <laughs> and if people want to do that, if they're serious of selling up available. Yeah, well, uh, let, we'll take a break. And then when we'll come back, we'll talk uh, a little bit about some of these markets, also some of uh, the, the stuff you have for sale. Uh, and uh, I want to ask you about uh, your predictions for post-COVID markets. Uh, we're talking to John Carlson. He is uh, Johnny Smartpoint, johnnysmartpoint.com, the man to call if you're thinking of uh, selling your home, uh, 604-612-0080. And we'll talk with John Carlson more when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong along with John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com, our real estate expert. You can give John a call at 604-612-0080 or you can go to his website, uh, JohnnySmartPoint.com. Dot com and we've been talking a lot about the market and uh, and how supply is slowly catching up to demand there are more and more properties for people to buy in this red hot market and that's a good thing and uh, and I notice on your website johnnysmartpoint.com John you've got uh, a few new listings some look pretty interesting what what do you have coming up that you want people to know about uh, the listings on my website, most of those have offers on them. I do have a brand new listing. It'll be shown first uh, for the first time today. It's in Maple Ridge. It's 23816 110 Avenue. And this is near Kanaka School, elementary school, which is very popular in the area because uh, it's a it's a year-round type uh, curriculum. And uh, this is in Wind Ridge, a very nice high-end uh, property. But take a look on my website at this one. If you like green space in front and back, it's a two-story with a basement. It's got a wet bar downstairs. It'd be very easy to make a suite. It's five years old, but it still looks brand new. Uh, it's a good one. We're listed at 1349, and, um, and that would be a good one. I do have some other things 
coming up uh, looks like um, maybe a very, very uh, interesting, attractive view property in Burnaby. So uh, listeners want to call me, I can keep them in the loop on that one. And, and there's one other thing I'll mention. This is not uh, my listing. Uh, in fact, it isn't a listing at all. Uh, I don't represent the developer, but I did come across a small um, development in Maple Ridge, brand new houses. They've got 11 lots. They're not on MLS. We're looking at 1.4 and 1.5 fully built out two stories with basements on 6,000 square foot lots. And uh, I just think that's a nice development. I've introduced one of my clients to it and uh, they do have other uh, lots that are not yet sold. They're probably looking at completion at the end of the year, even in the coming year. So you have to think about that, but great little development. It's not on MLS if uh, I do work with buyers. So if there's somebody out there who's been frustrated looking for a newer property and on the west side of Maple Ridge or somewhere thereby, give me a call because I can introduce you to this development. Um, But other than that, you know, it's business as usual. I'm taking calls from people who are saying, hey, John, we think it might be the time to sell. Come and see us. Give us an evaluation. Give us some tips on getting ready to hit the market. And I've got a whole bunch of new listings uh, coming out in this next week or two. So I'm available for those people who want to talk to me about selling or buying. Mm-hmm. johnnysmartpoint.com is the website uh, John uh, is with 2% Realtor, Realty and that, and that is uh, an important point because if you go to johnnysmartpoint.com you can uh, actually see uh, it, it's pretty transparent the kind of commissions you charge and uh, that's the whole point of Johnny Smartpoint is that uh, it's a nice combination of, of skill and experience from a, from, from a professional real estate agent who really knows the markets in the lower mainland and also uh, 2% commission which which can work out to a lot of money uh, if you're selling a home uh, and and people can go to your website and they can actually figure out what their home uh, is selling if what their home is selling for what they're going to be charged for commission and it can it can work out to quite a few thousand dollars. Well, yes, and that would be comparing to a commission of 7% of the first 102 and a half of the balance, and that's pretty typical. So again, I, I need to say that commission structures may vary. And uh, yeah, I do save people significant money compared to the majority of my comp- competitors. But on the other hand, and I've said this before on the program, Martin, I would not pick uh, you know a real estate agent, choose my agent based on commission alone, um, especially in a market like this where things you know are pretty heated and Maybe the dynamics are changing a bit. I think a good agent who can give you good advice and represent you well is the number one thing you want. And again, that's the smart point because I offer both of those things. (laughs) But um, yeah, I do save people money compared to most of my competition on commission. And that's nice. I mean, nothing wrong with an extra $10,000 tax-free in your pocket. Uh, But again, choose an agent with experience who can represent you well because this is uh, a bit of a... Uh, a market where a lot of different things can happen and you want to make sure that you steer the ship properly. Mm-hmm. And johnnysmartpoint.com is the website for John Carlson, 604-612-0080. And John, we've been talking about uh, what's going on in the market in the first segment. Uh, April was up like 342% uh, month to month, but that's comparing apples to oranges because April of 2020 was the beginning of COVID. It was a, it was a ghost town out there. Uh but there are more properties out there. There are more, more um, things to buy, which make it easier for people who are selling. So uh, I, I think it's going to, you know, from, from what I'm hearing from you is the, the market is, is becoming a little more balanced. But uh, 
I, I'm going to ask you to make a prediction, which which I think is a, kind of a fool's game, and I'm sure you you feel the same way about making predictions in the age of COVID, because who would have thought the market would have done what it has done in the last year? But as as we all get inoculated, we get our vaccines, and things slowly, slowly get back to normal, are you predicting uh, anything to with the market's do you th- what, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think things are going to get crazy for a while, or do you think things are just going to mellow out? Well, uh, overall, the real estate market is going to remain very healthy. Uh, we, we talked about, uh, well, I mentioned, and here's a big takeaway that maybe we'll come back to. These numbers, 342% and all that stuff, that's interesting. But what really matters is what's actually happening today. And the, I think the big takeaway for listeners who are thinking about selling their property is this. You might want to reconsider your strategy compared to what it might have been a month ago because of the dynamics happening in the market. So maybe throwing a really low list price and expecting 10 offers on your property is not the best option where it might have been a month ago. So we're going to talk about that. But when, you know, when I look at the market going forward and I talk about, uh, you know, that things are starting to balance a bit, what I'm saying is this, for a while there, we were at like a 70% sale to listing ratio, meaning 70% of everything on the market sells. Listeners probably thought it was closer to 100, but, but keep this in mind. Once you're over 20% list to sale ratio, that's that's considered a seller's market. So we're way, way, way. So we've gone from 70 now maybe down to 50. It's still a very good, hot market for sellers. But what I'm going to suggest is happening is, uh, let's, let's answer your question about the prediction thing. In the near future, we have now we're entering a situation where some of that pent-up demand has eased. Those those buyers have, in record numbers, entered the market and bought, and they're now out of the market. We're very fortunate in this area that even in the age of COVID and border restrictions and things, we do have people coming into this province. It's a desirable spot, and I think that on average, maybe 40,000 new people a year come into the province and uh, or into Greater Vancouver. And, and so we're going to still be very uh, fortunate to have strong demand in the market. But as the supply and demand ratios start to balance out a little bit, we're going to stop seeing these high increases in prices and, you know, three, four, five percent a month, which was really unsustainable. But please remember that we're still, at least at this time, in seller's market territory. And it would seem that prices are still probably pointing upward, but the graph doesn't go straight up like it did the last few months. It's probably a gradual graph, more like a typical spring. So my, uh, I guess my prediction would be for this spring and heading into the summers that we're going to continue to see people enter the market with listings. The supply side will continue to get a little bit better as people decide, hey, let's cash out in this high market or whatever. And the pent-up demand and those buyers are going to start to work through. And we're going to balance those numbers, but we're still going to be in a seller's market because this is a desirable market. So uh, I'm going to hopefully see, uh, I'm going to see, I think, some frenzy coming out of the market. I think that buyers are suffering from a little bit of buyer fatigue, and they don't want to get in there and roll up their sleeves and start fighting with six or seven other people for a home if they don't have to. And uh, so I'm, I'm hoping for, and the signs that I see right now are a continued strong market, but maybe one where a buyer and a seller can maybe take a little bit more time and, and think things through, and uh, pricing will become a little bit more uh, key in terms of getting activity on your house, whereas before, if you were the only game in town, it wasn't. So I'm, I'm calling for a good market that will probably be a better market for buyers and sellers as more inventory hits the market and more people start to participate. 
Now you mentioned COVID and that's the wild card factor in it. We'll just leave that there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, it's interesting. We're talking to John, John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. You can give him a call at 604-612-0080. And uh, if you're thinking of selling a, your property, your home, uh, you're maybe downsizing, maybe you're upsizing. Uh, this is all good news that we're talking about. Uh, this afternoon, I think, because um, if you're selling a property and you're hearing about bidding wars and all that stuff, that's great. Uh, you know, it, it probably means you're going to get top dollar for your for your house. But if you are planning to live somewhere nearby, uh, you're going to need to buy something else, and that that creates a problem. So, so this is actually good news for both buyers and sellers. Would you say? I think so. And, you know, as a seller on a good property, if it's priced well, you're still likely to get multiple offers. I, I'm not suggesting that those days are over by any means. Right. But I, I do see that, you know, where maybe a property might have got 10 offers at one time, maybe it gets three or four. Um, maybe uh, a listing is priced a little bit high in relation to its competition and it doesn't get offers on listing date. I've seen that as well, you know, calling in for buyers and, hey, you know, Joe or Sally at company XYZ. How is your listing sold? Oh, well, no, we set offers for Monday, but it turned out we didn't get anything acceptable. So we're still on the market. So we are seeing some of those scenarios. And I think that, um, you know, sellers can still expect very, very strong prices as as this year continues. And buyers are going to have to step up to the plate to buy these properties. But at least I think a buyer will have a, a more relaxed time and be able to take their time and make better decisions. I think that's better for absolutely everybody. Mm-hmm. So if you are one of those people who are kind of thinking about it, maybe taking advantage of this market, selling a property, maybe your kids have moved out and you want to get something smaller. Um, besides uh, going to johnnysmartpoint.com or giving you a call at 604-612-0080. What's your advice for people who are just kind of at the beginning stages of thinking of downsizing or maybe upsizing? Um, what's the first thing you recommend they do? Well, I think probably before they even call an agent, they look at the look at each other and say, "Hey, is this the right time for us? What's your personal situation?" There are a lot of, you know, uh, things on the personal level that that trump all of these things we're talking about. Sometimes people need to move; um, they have a need, and it doesn't matter what the market is. They've got to, you know, they've got to get going on that. If it's more of a discretionary purchase, think about it. Do you, you know, are you are you up to the challenge? Like when this market was screaming hot and it's still pretty darn hot, there were some clients I had who said, "You know, I'm kind of thinking of this," and I said, "You know what? If you you're just kind of thinking you might not want to get in this market as a buyer because it's brutal. Um, so find out, first of all, think, does it make sense for you? And if it does make sense for you, then either through an agent that you're talking to like myself or through your own research, make sure you know what the lay of the land is in your segment because what worked a month ago might not be the best strategy now. And uh, make sure you know you know, that your finances are in order and that you know where your landing spot is if you're selling so that you've got this whole process from A to Z kind of worked out, at least uh, roughed out in your head so that you know and you just, there's no surprises. Because uh, again, you can sell. Selling is not that difficult. Maximizing the sale is really what this is all about so that you can purchase again. Um, but if you don't have the ability to do that kind of research and know what's going on in your segment and know what your competition's doing and all that stuff, then calling a good agent with some experience like myself is probably one of the first steps that you want to take. Yeah. And that's why you need a real estate professional like John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com, 604-612-0080. Well, it's always, it's, the market's always interesting and you're always interesting. John, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us. 
Yeah, it's been awesome. I'll see you back in a week or two. John Carlson. Thanks, John. Uh, This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, we're going to ask Andrew. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. Time to ask Andrew. Andrew Ferreira is our executive producer, and he uh, has his finger on the pulse of all things lower mainland. And uh, when you're talking about the Olympics, the idea of another Olympics coming to Vancouver, um, I think most people agree the you know, 2010 Olympics was a lot of fun kind of kind of uh, changed the face of the city but doing it again is it too soon well you've got some statistics on that you've got some opinion on that yeah statistics and opinion mm-hmm. um, so a new uh, insights West survey that was released yesterday uh, about you know support for a 2030 Olympic bid um, the the stats came out 58 uh, percent of people within Metro Vancouver supported the bid. Um, and within Vancouver proper, that rose to 60%. Um, among those groups, support is highest among females at 60% and uh, 18 to 34-year-olds at 64%. Uh, province-wide, though, the level of support is 55%. So that is a majority who would be, yeah, all right, yeah. let's do it. You know. um, <laughs> is that the answer? Yeah, yeah okay, let's do okay. it. Um, and, you know, a lot of big proponents have said that... Um, public funding for the 2030 games wouldn't be required and that would change things quite a bit uh relying on public sector funding uh because we already have the sporting and infrastructure facilities there um that would bump things up to a 77 percent level of support which is super neat um of course with the olympics it's not all about the sports although it's definitely mainly about the sports uh but the afterward effect you know the generation of jobs the boost to tourism um even just the the stock standard you know it'll be something to look forward to uh these are all above 70 percent 75 percent belief uh, among among the respondents to this survey so People know that this would be great for jobs. This would be great for tourism. Uh, this would, you know, provide an economic boost. There would be new infrastructure legacies. There's all this good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's still quite a bit off here. We're still, you know, nine years out, and the Olympic bidding process um, isn't as kind of long strung as it was when we were awarded the games, right? Uh, way back in the seventh century BC. At least it feels like that now. Yeah. Um, so perhaps in the next few years, we start to see steam uh, picking up behind uh, support of this. Um, just off the top of my head, um, I know that the uh, International Olympic Committee has uh, created a greater um, kind of acceptance of reusing facilities and also having a wider geographic area to host the games. And so one thing that I think would be super neat Uh, And now I'm just giving my opinion, but I've got this slot on the radio, so I'm going to do it. Um, I think it would be super cool to spread the games out, uh, you know, uh, you know, lower mainland, Fraser Valley, Whistler, and also Vancouver Island. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that would be awesome uh, to have some cross straight um, Olympic events. And what about what about like Kelowna, Big White? Why not? Right. We have all of these, you know, world class facilities essentially, you know, at our doorstep. Um, it'd probably save a lot of money to reuse and utilize as many you know locations that we already have as possible. Certain things like the Olympic Village um, are just going to have to be a new Olympic Village. Big whoop. That's okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, a lot of people are saying we can just turn that into housing like we did with the current Olympic Village uh, in Vancouver. So I think that, you know, uh, this to me, as somebody who does want the games back mm-hmm. in Vancouver for 2030, um, I think this is a good sign. So, you know, for people who like it, full steam ahead. And if you don't like it, well, maybe yell a little bit louder. Yeah, make your make your opinion known, and uh, and people do, and they will. Exactly. Well, interesting. Uh, we'll we'll keep on top of that. Thank you, Andrew. That's Andrew Ferreira. He's the executive producer of, of Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more about real estate, but about uh, real estate appraisal. What's it worth from an expert? And uh, in these crazy times, it's good to have an expert to tell you what real estate is worth. That's coming up when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.